that the dynasty has been active for a while. They've won a couple of World Series, and it's been great. But sooner rather than later, that's going to start going downhill really fast. People are excited. It's that it's it's like the same thing in a new relationship. You're excited. You got the butterflies in your yep. stomach. You want to see each other. Yeah, it's you. You don't know enough about each other yet. You want to see where it goes. There's hope. It's great. You're young, and then the Astros are kind of like you're years into the relationship. Yes. And you're like it's a different. It's not the butterflies. It's a different thing. You're just used to it. But there are some things that are starting to irritate you, and things are starting to go. The communication has to change, and and the relationship dynamic changes, and you have to reevaluate where you're at and where you're headed. That's what it's like. Everybody's excited about Ime Udoka and D'Amico Ryans. Everybody's excited about Alperin Shengun and C.J. Stroud. There's a lot of young talent on both of those teams, so it's hard not to be excited about the direction of those two teams. And especially with the Astros, you're getting a new manager in Joe Espada, who, yes, he's been with the team, but we don't know what he's going to look like as the actual manager. And and what is Dana? what are Dana Brown and Jim Crane going to do to continue to make this team competitive? Yep. That's the big question. With the, with the Texans, you know what they're going to do. C.J. Stroud's going to continue to grow and be awesome. They're going to use those draft picks to draft guys. You're going you're gonna to add on to the talent that they already have. With the Rockets, they've got a ton of young talent right now that can either continue to grow and be awesome or can be used in a trade to bring in another superstar. Where are those superstars coming for those extra superstars coming from for the Astros right now? Where are those extra? Where's the young talent that's coming up for the Astros? You've got Jeremy Pena, but you don't even know if you're going to re-sign Kyle Tucker. Yep. The pitchers took a step back. Is Hunter Brown going to continue to grow? There's just a lot more question marks with the with the Astros at the point of where they're at, and that's where people are at. I yeah, I, no, I think so too. And look, this is where I saw a video that John put out um, on. I think I can't remember if it was from the bench or from uh, or from Sports Map about how you know, like this is finally. This is the sign stealing scandal, like finally rearing its ugly head. Like this is, this is finally when you know talking about the departure of Alex Bregman is what John and Lance were discussing. Is that this is where losing those draft picks is hurting you the most? It took so long since 2019, early 2020, when this punishment was handed down to the Houston Astros to finally see it. Because what has happened since? They've gone to multiple World Series. They've won a World Series. They've been to multiple Game Sevens of ALCSs in all these different years. And then, and honestly, it's it's one of those things where it it just frustrates you because there's just there's no pipeline. And like right. I don't regret the I, if I was the Astros and and someone you know that covers them and talks about them all the time. Like I don't think there was any mistake in the Justin Verlander trade because no. you know, like yes, you traded away Drew Gilbert, who honestly I think that's where like this Jake Myers conversation comes. Is you chose Justin Verlander. And you chose Jake Myers to be your center fielder over Drew Gilbert. Yeah, because that, like that was your choice, which is it. I think is the right one. It, it's I, it was a hundred percent was because like you need you need you needed Justin. Yes, it was very clear you needed Justin Verlander to even get to the point you got last year. But by making that trade, you then lost Drew Gilbert, and thus Jake Myers is future. going to be your everyday center fielder this year. And because you're not willing to go over the cap space. Or over the into the luxury tax, the luxury not tax, cap space. Yeah. They treat it like one. You don't have a center field replacement. But, but to to your point and to to the Justin Verlander trade at the moment of the trade, what was going to get you closer to winning another World Series? Justin Verlander or keeping Drew Gilbert for the long run? It was absolutely Justin Verlander. It's just understanding where the, where the city's at and where the fan base is at with all these teams. It, it's it's a you. With the Astros, you want to see continued success, 
And so seeing them kind of sit on their hands a little bit right now sucks. It's just, it's awful because you do realize that teams around them are getting better and them sitting on their hands for better or for worse and sticking with the team that they've got might end up being the wrong move. And then it's all downhill from there. Like that might be, this might be the beginning of the downhill trajectory, right? It could still be at the top of the hill, but they, if they sit on their hands and do nothing and it doesn't work, then it's downhill from there, and that door starts to shut a little bit more. Where we're just now at the beginning with the Rockets and the Texans of that door opening up of maybe they can compete at some point. Yeah. So it, now, where would you put them? Like, I, I don't. I still have faith in the Astros long term. I don't like the moves that they're making right now in terms of letting Jake Myers be out there in center field. I think they should have added a bat in left field. But frankly, that's what they needed to add. They don't have the the pieces to go get Dylan Cease to get Juan Soto, which apparently the Yankees certain. Like it's not being reported that deal is not officially done. It's going to happen. Juan Soto is going to be a New York Yankee. But like Alex Verdugo, I would have really liked Alex Verdugo to be the left fielder for the Houston Astros right. next year. And it feels complacent in a way. That to me is the biggest um, issue I have is that it's complacent and that there's not a look into the future of this team and like how they're going to fix it. Right. And you don't. Do you have any faith that Jim Crane will be willing to make any kind of big moves to continue to, to compete for championships at any point? Um, well, I don't know. The first, the I next, don't know. The next domino to drop. Well, the next two dominoes to drop. It's Alex Bregman and it's Kyle Tucker. What well, happens? Because uh, with- Altuve is going to be here, right? Yes. See, I think that because the way they treat it as a salary cap, even though they don't have to, is what that means is that the two next year, like two, next off season. To replace Alex Bregman's $30 million, they will feel comfortable signing two $15 million players. That Kyle Tucker, if he's going to make, you know, $15, $16 million next year, whatever he gets in arbitration, the following offseason, they will kind of just continue that way. And then it's it's to the point now where this is just status quo. I don't know if there is a player out there that could get Jim Crane to change his mind. The best chance the Astros have to build up their championship core again and really and, and have a better impact this year than what they already have is you need teams to do what the Mets did. You need teams to call you and say, hey, we'll take lower-level prospects. We'll eat some of this money. You can have said player. I, we, I talked about this yesterday on my show. I am, like, hoping that Shohei Otani ends up with the Toronto Blue Jays. That's, because, yes, that's the one team that I think I'd be. It, it would make me ecstatic if he ends up with them. Because I think that they would trade Springer. Oh, interesting. And I just don't know if they're going to want to commit all that money and they would look to shed some of it. And I just, I wonder if there's any chance that they trade Springer and eat some of the money and the Astros could take it. It seems unlikely, but like it's those moves that like I want them that they're going to have to make to continue to grow. This. What do you think the Astros would have to move for George Springer? Yeah, a prospect. He's thirty three. He's thirty three now. You think just a prospect? Not a big time one. Like I don't. I don't think just he's not Justin Verlander in terms of like no production. God no. But where would you put these teams in like confidence over the next four years of where they're headed as a franchise? Oh man, is it Texans one? For me, it is Texans one. I go Astros two and then Rockets three. Oh, it's uh, Texans are number one for me. It, the already the turn that they've had 
and with D'Amico as the coach, I feel really, really confident in where they're going to go. So the Texans are number one for me. I think I'm honestly going Rockets, too. I didn't think I'd say that. Really? I just don't have faith that Dana Brown and Jim Crane are going to be able to do what it takes to, to continue winning with this team. I, I want to have faith. And look, if they're going to continue, they, they are going to be able to continue to compete in the playoffs and compete for a World Series with the team that they have. But if we're talking a few years from now, direction of the team, when this core is getting a little bit older and they don't have enough to, to, to replace that, like there's no more Jeremy Pena's to pull out of left field, or pull, I guess I can't use that euphemism. There's no Jeremy Pena's to pull out of your butt and put him at shortstop when yep. Carlos Correa leaves. Um, I just have more faith in what Ime is doing with the Rockets. I think they've done a really good job of drafting. They've got a lot of talent. They can make some moves for guys. They seem like they're going in a better direction. And and the there is a there's more of a track record of both the Texans and the Rockets being able to do whatever it takes within the financial systems that are created in those leagues mm-hmm. than there is with, with the Astros doing it. The Astros trend has been do not pay them. All right, CJ Stroud. We know part of the reason why we're having this discussion is because he is an absolute superstar. He also called another one of his players, his, uh, his teammates, the best player, the best athlete on the team. I'll get Josh's take on that, but... I know the Pro Bowl doesn't matter. We we're just kind of dumping on it when somehow Mitch Trubisky's name came up. But C.J. Stroud is in the top five in the NFL in Pro Bowl voting, not just in quarterbacks. Top five overall. We we'll talk about that next year on the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Time to get back to sports school with the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5. It's the Killer Bees, maybe, on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Joe George, Josh Beard here with you for the final hour of the show. Um, So one thing I saw come across my timeline today, uh, Josh, was the uh, top five vote getters in the NFL Pro Bowl. Uh, Apparently... Oh, they're putting me on the bad take boulevard list because of my Springer take. How many times do you make it once a week? Well, Alex nominates me every day for at least four things. (laughs) Okay, well, that makes it a little unfair then. Alex just likes to nominate. I think I could say hello to Alex. And And he would nominate you for saying hello? If I miss the fist bump, he's going to nominate (laughs) me. Uh, He nominated me because I wasn't at a remote like last week because I was in the studio. That's not your fault. Well, I, I do make the schedule, actually. Oh, okay. So it's a little bit your fault. Yeah. So, um, and there are also some are not happy with my superstar comment with CJ Stroud, which, like, you're just a hater if you don't think um, that, that he's a superstar. He absolutely is a superstar. He's a top 10 quarterback who's changing the face of a franchise immediately in real time as we watch it. He is a superstar. Yeah. Now, is he the best quarterback in the NFL? No. But, like, he is absolutely a superstar. No, so it's, it's, it's uh, if, you ha- if you had to put it on tiers, you remember it's Patrick Mahomes. Mm hmm. And C.J. Stroud on that top tier. So I'd still probably put Patrick Mahomes above him. Sure. But then it's everybody below them, right? Well, who uh, Patrick Mahomes is not above C.J. Stroud in Pro Bowl voting. And I know it doesn't mean everything, okay? it, it it's, not, it's not the Pro Bowl voting is not the end-all, be-all. I do like the initial Pro Bowl vote, though. I think the point now where like you have like five, six, seven deep of guys making the Pro Bowl because everyone keeps quitting or just saying that they're not going to participate in it. it. It has diluted what it means. Obviously, the game is a total... Well, they canceled the game, right? They Last year, they played dodgeball instead, which I would like to nominate CJ Stroud for not playing any of that stuff. Uh, here are your top five Pro Bowl getters. Do you know the list, Josh? 
Uh, I've seen the list, but I don't okay. remember the list. So yeah. there's two quarterbacks on this list. Number one is Tua Tagovailoa. He leads the NFL in votes. That's wild to me. He has 59,000 Pro Bowl votes. C.J. Stroud is second in the NFL with 44,000. Next is Christian McCaffrey with 43,000. Then Tyreek Hill, 39,000. And Travis Kelsey, surprisingly only at 38. How does Tyreek Hill only have 39,000? How is Tyreek Hill not leading the Pro Bowl vote, the Pro Bowl voting voting. I can't well, say part that of it's word. De- part, it's definitely the quarterback thing matters. It does um, a little bit, but the year, the season that Tyree Hill is having is insane. He should absolutely yeah. be leading. There, nobody that even comes close to watching anything resembling the NFL and above should should be able to look at that and say that Tyree Hill hasn't been the most oppressive player in the league so far this year. Yeah, I, no, I I tend to agree. The only player I think is close to that, but it's kind of fallen off because his quarterbacks hurt was AJ Brown. But yes. honestly, Christian yeah, McCaffrey, agreed. too. Like Christian McCaffrey, I know it goes into last season, but at what point he had 19 straight games with a touchdown. It was absolutely incredible. Um, but when you look at C.J. Stroud long-term, like it, it, it's interesting from our view that like we all view him this way, but I think what the Pro Bowl vote tells you is that the, also the fans around the league are also catching on. And that's where it, it does start to change my perspective because – you know, you always have like a worry that we have Homer glasses on that because we just watch it so much, so more intensely as fans, as media, whatever, every single Sunday that maybe we are getting a little bit wrong. Like maybe we are too forward thinking about a player because he is in our city representing teams that we care about. But looking at the rest of the fan bases in the NFL, jumping on board with CJ Stroud, it does make me feel like he has absolutely elevated himself into the superstar conversation. Yes, yeah, like uh, look, I'm having I'm having a, we're having discussions with people on the Twitch right now. King of all Twitches just said that my credibility suffers when I, uh, each time every time I hype, I, I'm not hyping C.J. Stroud up. It's, no, King I'm, just hates him. He does. He, well, look, he, he, there are other people. Who, it's not just it's not just King. Other people say this too. I don't care about my credibility. I'm 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 behind a microphone. I'm a fat dude talking about athletes playing a, playing a game for a living. I don't give it crap about my I almost didn't say crap oh, I don't get sorry Abigail I almost did it to you I don't give a crap about my credibility I look and I see with my eyeballs and all I do is I talk about the things that I see and the things that I like and I see CJ Stroud do amazing things I like CJ Stroud as a quarterback he's going out there and having a rookie season that is incomparable to almost any other rookie season in the NFL he has multiple jerseys in the Hall of Fame already and the guy has only played 12 games. Mm-hmm. He is a superstar in the NFL right now. He, They're talking about him all over national media. They're talking about him all over in local stations in other places. They're talking about what C.J. Stroud is doing as a rookie. You don't think the Panthers fans are watching Texans games and saying, that guy is a superstar? Oh, my God, how do we get stuck with Bryce Young? Yeah. Come on. How do you feel about the reports that are coming out of Carolina that a large portion of why that Frank Reich was fired was because of CJ Stroud. I I kind of I really don't think that's fair to Frank Reich and that coaching staff because it really seems like they didn't make the decision that they that they made the decision to buy their GM, I mean buy their owner to draft Bryce Young and like they expected this guy to do exactly what CJ's doing. It, it's insane. Like what if it was flipped? What if Bryce Young was absolutely incredible? Would we be calling for 
you know, D'Amico Ryans and Bobby Sloak to get fired? I don't think so. Like, it's just... That's, Casario. Casario. Yeah, Casario. Casario well, he'd get all of the eyes. Casario's a different conversation. But also, he also has past failures, to be honest. Like, and not even failures. Like, they're not failures anymore. He has some bad moves, but, but they're not necessarily... Like, if there's one main failure, I would say it's Kenyon Green. Yes. That's the that's the one that you look at but and you're even, like, okay, that's a failure. But even Kenyon Green, it, it's like... I, I want to give a guy like him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt just because he hasn't been healthy. Now, he's played very poorly when he was on the field last year, but I, I just give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt that he's going to be at least serviceable going forward. Yes. Now, is that good? No, because like it, looking at the safety play, like I know we all pumped up Jalen Petrie so much last year, but like Kyle Hamilton is, being, is an absolute monster for Baltimore. Nick Casario should be cru- – like not – crucifies a strong word but like we should be very critical of making that decision the thing is about the rest of his picks we trashed nick casario for two years about all the decisions that he made and now because of D'Amico, slowick stroud they're all starting to kind of figure it out like yeah we were, we were critical about trading up for nico collins well he just went for nine one ninety one we were critical about drafting Derek Stingley Jr. He has three picks in his last, what, two games or whatever it is. The players that Nick Casario has drafted are really contributing in a super meaningful way, even bringing the guy like Jimmy Ward. Got the game-winning reception last week. Nick Casario, his, his stock has changed so dramatically in one offseason. It's incredible that yeah. all these players that like we didn't really believe in, that now through this point in the year... It's a full on like these guys are good. I we well earlier earlier in the week, I think it was yesterday. I don't know, my days are running together. It was either yesterday or Monday. I tried to force Michael and Andrew to apologize to Nick Casario and they wouldn't do it. They refused to do it. So I had to apologize on their behalf because we have done that. And and a lot a part part of the Nick Casario hate isn't just about Casario. It's the Easterby stink. He had a little bit of that Easterby smell to him and and as we continued to hate Easterby and see more of who he was, Nick Casario was tied to that. Mm-hmm. And so I th- a part of the vitriol isn't just the fact that he, he made bad picks. We weren't even willing to give it time or give him the benefit of the doubt because he was tied to Jack Easterby. Yeah, for and, sure. And now we're starting to see the fruits of some of the labor that he's done, and we're seeing some of these things pan out. Uh, somebody on um, somebody on, on Twitch uh, just asked, the Couch Potato just asked, as a cursed Houston fan, do you ever panic because we were saying the same things about Deshaun in his rookie year? I think there was a little bit of that in the beginning with C.J. Stroud, but Deshaun in his rookie year had 1,700 yards passing, 19 touchdowns, and eight interceptions. I think the question, he only started though— in six, or he, he played in seven games, started in six. I think the question, though, is more—it's not just his rookie year. Like, obviously, the next year was very good, and we just— I think it's more three, about The next three years yeah, were very good. Like, it's more that—I think the question is more about we all know how the story ended with Deshaun. Because the Deshaun Watson that we all see today, I don't know if I'm in the minority of this opinion, but my opinion will always be that if the Houston Texans would have— you know, hired a GM that he liked and not hired Casario. He never would have demanded a trade. And if you take the off-the-field stuff away, I think he still is the quarterback that we believed he would be. Yeah, And that's where it's like, I get where you're coming from with the question. It's not the first time I've heard this. I remember early on in the Killer Bees and, and um, on, our, on all the shows, it was like, well, we said all the same things about Deshaun Watson. You're right. Deshaun Watson has barely played football the last three years. He missed the season fully because he chose not to play. 
He missed the season by suspension, a majority of it. And then this year, he's missing most of it because he's hurt. And he's looked absolutely terrible in the sample sizes that he's, he's given yeah. us. And, and it's just so different. I The likelihood of C.J. Stroud having a trajectory the same as Deshaun Watson with every extenuating circumstance being involved is so low. And and you look yeah. look at look at Deshaun. We've seen who Deshaun Watson. He we know we've known who he's been for a while. He's a guy who didn't really care enough. And you can see it. There's the side by side picture that's been going around on Twitter where it shows Joe Burrow oh, injured, yeah. out for the year, sitting on the sideline, helping out Jake Browning, helping the offense out there with his teammates, and and Deshaun Watson out for the season as well, sitting in the stands watching the game with a girl. Yeah, he doesn't care as much. He doesn't he doesn't buy in. We can only operate and, and start to think about C.J. Stroud with what he's given us. And everything he's given us through 12 games is he loves prep. He knows how to prep. He does it well. He does the film work. He works hard. And yeah. he studies. And he loves being a leader of this team. Until he t- shows us otherwise, there's no reason, zero reason to think that he's going to go the other way. And I understand if there's going to be late adopters and people that are just still so hesitant to jump on board. King on 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 the Twitch comments did clarify the comments like, "Hey, maybe let the kid evolve without reactive media blowing him up a little bit." There is a little bit of that. We're anoint- we are anointing him as that superstar. I think there's the fear that it goes along. But, but here's the thing: is like I feel like that's a scare mentality. Yes, it is. It's the fear that that anointing him too soon is going to have some huge letdown. It's going to have some. I don't think CJ. If CJ is the guy that we think he is, what we say is it, it's not going to matter. What other people say, it's not going to matter. All that matters is what he does for himself, and if he's going to be that guy, if he is the superstar that we think he is, sure, nothing we do here or any of the fans do is going to stop that from happening. Well, the thing is, too, is it goes the other way. Like Nothing about talking about how bad Bryce Young is, is go- should affect his mentality. If it does, he's a weak quarterback. Like Deshaun Watson, weak-minded quarterback. Like That is a guy who was tweeting out rap lyrics and, and all these different things when he wouldn't actually talk to the media and, and try to make the Texans look like the worst organization in the NFL. They were. But the thing with C.J. Stroud is, like, we didn't do that with Patrick Mahomes. We didn't. Patrick Mahomes, now, he didn't play his rookie year. But his first full year in the NFL, yes, they went to a Super Bowl, I believe. Or at least to an AFC title game. But, like, we watched Patrick Mahomes in front of us, and it's like, yes, right away. Now, to King's point, where I will agree with him, is that I don't believe you should expand the C.J. Stroud conversations outside of his, of his coworkers, basically. Like, don't be talking about Marinos and Brady's and Manning's. Right. Like he, you don't need to involve those conversations in C.J. Stroud. I think that stuff is stupid. We saw it with Mahomes right after he won his first Super Bowl and see the next Tom Brady. Those conversations are idiotic and make no sense. But like what he's doing now versus the rest of the NFL is fair. Yeah, because against people, good defenses too. Exactly because the people who say like it's too early on that. If you were crushing him, you'd be burying him and saying, I yes. wish the Texans had the, the third pick in the draft or the first pick in the draft so they could take Caleb Williams. Like, you can't have it both ways. Do you could do you understand, like, we, as much as we are saying about him right now, this city would be destroying Bryce Young. If, if Bryce Young had been the pick and he were doing in Houston what he did in Carolina. If Bryce Young had the same, if, if or if C.J. Stroud even, was having the same season that Bryce Young had in Carolina, Everybody would be in the comments all day. Text line, social media, they'd all be tearing this kid apart every single time. So you know what? You know what we should do? Why don't you live in the moment? Stop thinking about what will happen, what won't happen, what could go wrong, all of this. None of that matters. 
live in the moment. And right now in this moment, C.J. Stroud is a superstar. There is no doubt about it. He is a top six, top five quarterback in the NFL right this moment. All right, we're going to play a fun game that's going to trigger some people, I think, because the people who are upset about where we put C.J. Stroud in, we're going to play a game. Now, the part of this is about the NFL in general, of who is real, who is not. But the AFC is one of the most confusing conferences I feel like we've seen in a while. I don't know who the best team is. I don't know who the worst team is. So I haven't really prepared Josh for this. We're going to do it on the fly. We're going to play a game next, talking Super Bowl contenders next here on the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Welcome back to the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5. Killer Bees are also known as Africanized Bees. And we all know there's nothing Africanized about these two guys. It's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. That is now an accurate statement, Spencer. It's now 0%. Um, So, you know, Josh, over the weekend, the 49ers absolutely crushed the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, yeah. And that game surprised me. And then yesterday, I know people are like, did you actually listen to the the audio? Um, Did you actually hear what David Carr said? But David Carr went on the NFL Network or whatever it was yesterday and said that because Jalen Hurts is hurt, that Marcus Mariota is a better quarterback for the Eagles right now. That's because David Carr is scared and stupid. And my reaction was, wow, the Texans' offensive line really did hurt him. Um, it's like he says the dumbest things. Like e- even if like it was, like he has any sound reasoning, he puts his brother in the top five for NFL yes. quarterbacks it's this year. Obnoxious. Like he has, uh, he is. I don't know who's worse, Chris Sims or David Carr. In terms of quarterback evaluations. David Carr. I think David Carr, I think too. David Carr is worse. Because Chris Sims at least like admits when he's wrong, and his biases are so clear, and so are David's. But it's not just Derek Carr. And he like hypes up all the time. His quarterback takes are objectively terrible. But you know, watching that game, I think it was it's clear the 49ers are the best team in the NFL. And then the next two, I would say, are the Eagles and the Cowboys. So we're going to do a little game here, a little experiment, kind of get the vibe of the NFL, what you view, what I view of the NFL right now, and we're going to do a draft. Okay. Okay. What are we drafting? We are drafting teams most likely to win the Super Bowl in 2024. I'm not telling you how many rounds we're going. Just look at your NFL standings. Drafting teams to win the Super Bowl. This year. This year. This year. And once a team is gone, obviously you can't take them. Uh, can I break the rules and take them anyway? No. Oh, and, and we're just we're doing a little experiment here. We're okay. just gonna we're just gonna go until I say stop. All right, I'm fine okay? with that. Yeah. All right. Would you like to go first? We I won't even do snakes. I get the number one overall pick. Yeah. We're not gonna do, we're not gonna do a snake draft. No, no snake. I'm gonna take the San Francisco 49ers. Okay. Number one overall. I'm gonna take the Philadelphia Eagles. Frauds. The Eagles are frauds. Okay. Um. This one's tough. It's between two teams, but I'm going to take the Baltimore Ravens. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, I'll take the Miami Dolphins. Okay, I'll take the Kansas City Chiefs. I hate you right now. Uh, That means I have to take the Detroit Lions. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. I'm taking the Detroit Lions now. Okay. (laughs) So I'm looking at my I got grit, baby. You don't have grit like I have grit. Um... uh, This is where I'm at a conundrum, okay? This is the point of this draft. Yeah, this is the massive, this is the big, big, big tier break. I'm going to go Jacksonville. 
Trevor Lawrence, I'm assuming he's healthy. He was walking without a walking boot today. I hate you for doing this to me. Who's the next team, Josh? I hate you for doing this No, to that's me. the point of this experiment. It's to show you how much of a disaster the AFC is and the NFC. It's the Texans. There you go. Yeah, it's the Texans. I, it's close. No, we're close not saying between the Texans and the Colts, and my Houston bias is shining through. No, here, it's not because there's no other argument. Bit. Because look, this is where I had them ranked. It was eight or nine. Now we are not picking the Texans right. to a Super Bowl. My point of this segment is that to throw me under the bus and then end the draft. That's what it was. No, no, no. It was to see how far it took us to get to the Texans. <laughs> um, it is that I don't know. Who the AFC is like? You went Ravens first. We took the Chiefs third. Would you? So I almost took the Chiefs with my second. Pick. So we have Ravens, Dolphins, yeah. Chiefs, and then after that, I think there is an argument. And my point is that I like looking at what's going to happen this year. I think the Super Bowl champion is a hundred percent coming from the NFC. I think that whether it's the 49ers, the yeah. Eagles, or the Dallas Cowboys, they will win the Super Bowl this year. I do not believe. The AFC has a real Super Bowl contender this I, year. I think if it's the Eagles or the 49ers, it's a cakewalk. If the and then then this is my other bias. This is my other fandom bias coming through. I think if the Dallas Cowboys make it to the Super Bowl, they're gonna choke. They choke it away. And that's that is my my bitter cowboy fan syndrome coming through one hundred percent. But I it, let, let's say they make it to the Super Bowl and it's against the let's say it's against the Chiefs or it's against the Ravens. I just maybe the Ravens are a little bit more winnable. But see, the problem We're is, talking, like, but you'd be talking about a Patrick Mahomes led Chiefs team that's been there, done that versus a Dak Prescott led Cowboys team that has done nothing but disappoint me. Yeah, that, that wild card game, that wild card game. Let, this is this is the level. Of, I just need to tell the story to the level of disappointment that the Cowboys have given me. The the wild card game was uh, where, where Dak slid the clock out was the day after my mom my mom passed away, and I just needed nothing more than a Cowboys win to make me a little bit happier. And they lost, and I and I couldn't do it yet, and they ended up losing. That was when Dak slid the clock out at the end of the game, and from that point forward, I will always and forever assume that the Cowboys will disappoint me when I need them the most. <laughs> Yeah, that will, ne- that will never change. I understand. I, I understand. It's just, it is, it's it, the the NFL is just an interesting place this year with like specifically the AFC, like with the fall off of the Bills, with the injury to Joe Burrow, it it really rattles it. And I and I said this yesterday, and I'm curious what you think. This is Lamar Jackson's make or break Super Bowl year. Yes, that if he does not win a Super Bowl this year, he never will. And I want to extend that. If he doesn't make it to a Super Bowl this year, he never will. Like This is the best opportunity the Ravens have had in so long to get there. The Chiefs are down. The Dolphins, we know what they keep doing against good teams. Their yeah. offense falls apart. The Ravens should be the favorite to go to the Super Bowl. Absolutely. It's not even... It's not. Uh... It might be a little bit closer than people think with Miami, it, but it depends on whether or not you think Miami are frauds. Well, if you look at like the Vegas odds, I was looking at DraftKings yesterday. They have the um, they have the Dolphins and the Chiefs as the best odds to go to the Super Bowl, tied for the AFC. I'm kind of surprised by that. I I didn't I wasn't sure people were going to buy into the Dolphins as much uh, at this point in the season. I, I'll be honest. I think I do. Like I, if we had if we picked our Super Bowl opponents right now. 
I think right now I'm leaning Dolphins 49ers. Yeah. Which I would really enjoy that. That'd be that'd be an incredibly fun matchup to see Shanahan versus McDaniel. Yeah. To see the the master versus the apprentice. Yeah. I, I, I think Dolphins 49ers might be the most interesting Super Bowl that we could get. The chess matches would be insane. Yeah. Between I, those two. But the funny thing about that is it's Kyle Shanahan, so you know his team's going to choke. What does that's true? What uh, what what would Ravens Eagles do for you in the Super Bowl? I mean, I would like it. I, I think I don't for, think I'd like it as much. Yeah, I mean, I, I think for the most part, honestly, the one team I don't want to see in the Super Bowl this year is the Chiefs. Yeah, the they're offense, just not good enough. Well, because you know what, it, it feels like. Remember the golf Super Bowl? Where I was at your house. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Rams Patriots. Rams Patriots. Yeah. It was the worst Super Bowl I've ever seen in my life. It was hands I, down. I feel like we were bored the entire time. Yeah, I feel like that's what the Chiefs would give us this year. Yeah, they would give us a good defense. That would mastermind against the other team, but also an offense that like can't really do anything unless Travis Kelsey goes off. Most this would this wouldn't be the least watch because of the, of of one of the teams that would be in it. But I think lamest Super Bowl matchup would be Chiefs Cowboys. What? I think that'd be lame. I mean, I the idea that the, the Cowboys, Cowboys would most likely I, I, that's weird. This feels weird to say. That's the one most most likely scenario for the Cowboys to not accidentally give away. To choke away the game as if they play the Chiefs because the Chiefs just aren't good enough. Yeah. All right. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. We'll take your calls. Whatever you want to talk about today. It's been a, it's been a normal day on the show. Uh, let's go out to Damien. Damien, what's going on? Damien. Damien. Hey, Abigail. Is the uh, phones potted up? One and two. Don't worry about it. We'll move on from Damien. It's Damien, okay. you had your chance. You lost it. I think that's on Damien's issue that's then. That's 100% on um, Damien. Here's the thing. It, it, it's, I'm curious to see like what this team does forward for the Houston Texans um, and like in the landscape of the NFL, but is there any chance you think they can make a run at it this year? Who? The Texans. I think one playoff win is probably their max. One, play, one playoff win I could see. It depends on the matchup. I just don't. The, the Dolphins and the Ravens are too good. Uh, we already saw them against the Ravens earlier this year. Now you could say that that was a different, a different Texans team uh, with a quarterback that wasn't a season, but it was also uh, it was also a Ravens team that wasn't in rhythm. Um, I really do think it ends up being the Dolphins that represent the AFC this year. And there's just no world. Let's let's just say, let's just entertain this idea. Don't kill me and say it's a hot take. Let's just say the Texans make it to the AFC Championship game against the against the Dolphins. Do you have any hope of the Texans winning that game? No, no, no. no they're getting blasted in I think, that game. I, I think that they there could be a, the the best matchup for the Texans. I would like to see a rematch with Baltimore. That they fun. make the playoffs. I think that would be fun just because like, how reliant Baltimore is on the run. Yeah, and I also think it's just like I'd be curious the growth. Yeah. of both teams. Like you played Week One to play in the playoffs. Like where do the Texans really stack? Compared to like what they've done this season, like we know what we've seen with our eyes, yeah. But like, what what happens when you play Baltimore again? Okay, last thing before we do the car wreck of the day, I can't imagine what's going to get nominated. Uh, send in your nominations for car wreck of the day seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Yesterday, I got asked on my show, Josh, uh, over under primetime games for the Texans next year. I'm curious your take. B Mac and I said it four and a half. I think four and a half is right. I take the under. So if they win, I think, I think three three primetime games next year. Yeah, if they do win the division, and that is a, an important factor to this, uh, the Houston Texans would add at least the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles to their schedule. On top of playing like the Bears, the Lions, the Packers. Yeah, I think 
I think they're going to be in primetime quite a bit next year. Oh, they could add the Ravens you, as well. If you listen, so I, I listen. The, if I listen to a ton of different NFL, like national NFL podcasts, there hasn't been a single one that I listen to, whether it's the the uh, the, the actual NFL uh, podcast when they do their weekly recaps, if it's something from the Ringer, if it's the uh, some, one of the fantasy. Everybody surrounding the NFL keeps talking about how fun the Texans are to watch. How fun it is to watch C.J. Stroud. How fun it is to watch this young team with their young coach be way better than they were supposed to be. Yep. So I think nationally there's going to be a lot of eyeballs, or they're, they're going to want to have a lot of eyeballs on that, and a lot of people are going to be really interested in watching the Texans. I just don't know if next year is the year where they just pop off nationally. I My guess is three. I wouldn't be surprised think, if they went over the four. No, I think, I think three makes the most sense. Um, you know, Part of it is like some of your schedule kind of plays in your favor. Like let's say the Eagles win the Super Bowl then my guess is the Texans will open the season on Thursday night football against the Eagles next year because that game is in Philly. So, like, it, it would make a lot of sense that if the schedule plays out that way. Now, the other one that's the most interesting is that if the Texans finish second in the AFC South, they do get the Cowboys next year, and people started texting me um, that they would love that just because they want Cowboys-Texans on Thanksgiving. That would be, that would be awesome. That would be one of that would be the worst game of my entire life, and I would hate it. It would make see this is this is the problem is whenever the Cowboys and the Texans have played each other before, it's either the, either the Cowboys have been bad or yeah. the Texans have been bad. I've never had to deal with those two teams playing each other when they're both good. It's kind of Rangers Astros. Like there hasn't yeah. really been that big moment where the game matters and actually means something, right? And that's concerning for me as somebody who I grew up a Cowboys fan and I am also a Texans fan. And yeah. I'm going to have to choose one side or another. And I'm going to be speaking out, out of both sides of my mouth, depending on my audience. Oh, look, if the Cowboys get knocked out of the first round of the playoffs, maybe you should just make a decision. All right. That's our not fi- happening. Never. Our final segment is next. We'll do our car wreck of the day. Get your nominations to 713-780-3776. We'll give you ours. That's next year. Final segment of the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. This is the Car Wreck of the Day brought to you by CarWreckTexas.com. Final segment of the Killer Bees here on ESPN 97.5. Joe George and Josh Beard here with you today. Joel Blank will return tomorrow. Uh, I mean, no, on, on Monday, sorry. Uh, I will be with Big Sarge tomorrow from 3 to 6. That'll be interesting. Wasn't my idea originally, yeah. so we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, it makes it. I I don't know. I this whole last hour has been very strange. Uh, we've been getting lots of texts, and I I don't. We, I've been told not to talk about it, but it's been very weird. Um. So our nominations for car wreck of the day brought to you by carwrecktexas.com. Now, even though it was very funny, I understand that. I interrupted Jeremy at the time. But hearing that Lance song again, I've heard that before, Rappin' Dad. I have to nominate Rappin' Dad for Car Wreck of the Day. It's brutal. It's it's funny. And part of the and here's part of the nomination too, is I want more. Like, now I know I got more and we just didn't play it, but like I want new I need new material from Lance Erline. Uh yeah, well, I need another I need more rappin' dad material. Why I think that's a classic. Why change why fix what's not broken, Joe? And and rapping dad is not broken. And I think I saw Lance pop his head in just a few minutes ago. He might be gone now. 
But if Lance is willing to come on and do some rapping dad right now, I think it should happen. We need to do rapping dad material. We don't need him to go out and reinvent the wheel. We just need him to continue rapping dad and the rapping dad, the rapping D legacy. I want Lance's D right now on Whoa, the air. His uh, rapping D is rapping dad. Yeah, you need to be careful there, buddy. What? I'm going to cut that. Uh, 8835 Car Rock of the Day Patriots wide receivers and running backs who won't play Thursday. I'm guessing that has fantasy football implications into it. Uh, side note, I don't think Najee Harris is going to play on Thursday. So if he's on your fantasy roster, like you might be in trouble. Um, car wreck of the day. Um, whatever happened to Jeremy at the end of the 4 o'clock hour. That's I my understand. That's my car wreck of the day. I, I know I, I got a text saying not to talk about it. I'll just say my car wreck of the day. Jeremy getting suspended live on the year. That's one of the weirdest radio moments I've ever had. Uh, I did not know how to handle that. Uh, car wreck of the day. You're just going to uh, move right past? Okay. Uh, All King, right. King nominates me. King nominates you uh, for uh, the host steaming CJ superstar. Yeah, I mean, get over it. Deal with it. Uh, you know, my only counter to that would be like, what's the line? I would be curious, King. Uh, I'm I'm curious. Oh, hell, let me define. Let me, like, when can I? Let me do the good rate. Let me do the good radio. CJ Stroud is an adequate quarterback up to this point and having a very satisfying rookie season. Hmm. Yeah. There we go. Entertainment. Let's go. Uh, any other nominations for you today? They said next year. They said you can do. They said we could say he's a superstar next year. Hmm. Apparently. Apparently, if he's playing well next year, you know what? Game one next year. If he has another 350-yard game, skyrocket now, the superstar. If you want to make the real argument for this, okay? If someone wants to make a real argument to why like what we're saying is too early, I think the one qualifier, I'm not going to say a playoff win, has to be going to an AFC title game. Like if you're going, to, if you're going to put a qualifier on it, that's fair, and be like, you can't say it until he does this. I would hear that argument and listen to it because, like, it's not the worst argument you could make. Um, car wreck of the day. Uh, anything else? No, I'm gonna go Pro Bowl just in general, just because somehow Mitchell Trubisky got brought up again today. I know he's gonna be the starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, but that is a problem that you just have all these guys. Even though I'm, I was advocating for it's a good thing that C.J. Stroud has all those votes. It was more about how people love him than it was the actual Pro Bowl itself. Uh, I'm going to say uh, my next nomination for Car Wreck of the Day, and, and Dr. Dre on 290 brought this up to the slang segment that oh, Jeremy and I did earlier. Yeah. I, I thought that was on fleek, dude. What are you talking about? That was great. I'm going to be honest. Fire, I, uh, that was That was fire one honey pee. I kind of agree with him. No, come on. That was great. That was. We're so good at slang. That was tough. It's meant to be a car wreck when we do it. That's yeah, the point. But like Factor Cap is funny. Yeah, we, we don't dive into the, the slang whenever we do that. Here's the problem. If a car wreck is meant to be a car wreck, is it actually a car wreck? Or is it just showmanship? Good point. Uh, 3338, I nominate King of Twitch. He's trash. Damn. Uh, 6453, car wreck of the day. NFL quarterback injuries this season. There's been a lot. It is a tough season for quarterback injuries. Uh, it, and is. Look, it was last year, too. But uh, I'll tell you, I've. Is, even though it was one play, I've never been happier that Davis Mills is a Houston Texan. Based on some of the guys that have gone out there for other teams, some of the quarterback play, these backups are so atrocious that I mean, like Mitch Trubisky is a great example. He sucks. It's nice to have a superstar quarterback backing up a superstar quarterback. You're Davis right. Mills, superstar. Yeah, a super super giraffe. <laughs> uh, Davis Mills. Superstar neck. He's got, he's got a great neck. Uh, car wreck of the day, uh, Frank's cricket phone. Fair. Fair. <laughs> Fair. 
Uh, I understand that. All right, that uh, does it for us. Uh, I'm going to get out of here today. Uh, I have meetings I apparently need to be in. Uh, but I will be back tomorrow at 3 uh, for sure. Um, I don't know exactly Do what else is going on. in tomorrow? I'll let you know in the stay? morning. Uh, so that's going to do it for us. No bullpen today. Today is Wednesday. I was trying to remember what day it was. Uh, so we're going to go to Nashville for a little bit. We'll have late hits with Patrick Creighton coming up after that. So that will do it for us here on the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. You can find me on Twitter at Joe George Radio. He's on Twitter at Josh Beard Radio. He'll be back at 12 with Connor and Beard. And we will talk to you tomorrow, Houston. Goodbye.